I, I thought today, uh, this time, actually, we got a lot of good questions. Like, uh, yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, we got a lot, first of all. So I uh, always appreciate that. Keep leaving those underneath. And uh, yeah, well, let's get into it. Uh, Baz, who was a uh, guest on the show the other week, asks, which three managers would you replace Ole with? Already we talked about Pochettino, but what other names is he like? Is, is, he your, is he your first choice? Yeah, I think he has to. Uh-huh, you changed. I, I had to. So, okay. So yeah, Pochettino is my first choice. Mm-hmm. Second choice would be Allegri. Because he's available, right? Yeah. Yep. Any other manager, I think you would have to wait it out. Yeah, like a Nagelsmann, if they were ever to go after him, would be in the same. Right. So those two are my top two. And then if Ole was to see the year out, I would want, and if PSG were not to win the Champions League. I knew you were going to say that. I would bring in Thomas Tuchel. Because I know people have talked about Nagelsmann and whatnot, but... Tuchel has managed. Someone brought this up, and it's a good point. Tuchel has managed big egos. True. Nagelsmann has not managed a Pogba. He has not managed, you know, these kind of Bruno Fernandeses, these Martials, these Rashers. Like who? Like Bar Pogba are not big egos, but they're on their way there. Like those big names in dressing room. Tuchel has had to manage the PSG board, which you know is not going too well right now. But he has had to. Man- he has had Thiago Silva. He's had Di Maria. He's had Cavani, and obviously he's had, he's had Mbappe, Neymar and Mbappe. Like, he's had the pressure of having like Mbappe, like basically like publicly fall out with him, or like at least it seemed so at the time when like he was so upset that he was getting subbed and shit. Like that's tough stuff. I agree with that. And also, like you look at what Mbappe, like under Emery, Mbappe had 13 league goals. Mm-hmm. Tuchel comes in and completely like unlocks a new, maybe not a new thing, but he kind of brings him back I mean, to that like, goal scoring. Yeah. To be fair and to him, like Mbappe was always going to improve, like by himself in general. But I'll, that's fair, right? But he put him in so much better positions to score, and he almost won a golden boot that first year Tuchel was there. So, and then he's also been able to find a way to fit in Neymar, Mbappe, um, Cavani, mm-hmm. slash Icardi, Di Maria, Verratti. He's all he's found a way to fit all of them, and then he's had. I don't know. I think he's done a great job. You look at the Champions League final. I, I wouldn't. They were the better team. Final, but to be to be fair, to be fair to him, like they weren't doing anything before he got there. And I think the thing with PSG, you can say like he definitely got Neymar back on side at a time where Neymar was like it seemed like he was really looking to move. Like right. it seems Neymar is completely bought in now. Which, I mean, if you look at the Pogba, the Pogba thing, like that could that some, could some of the situation, right? Yep, yep, yep. But I mean, I look, I look at that uh, that Champions League final, and you can say all about their run to get there. And we can we like to clown PSG fans all we want, but would you not say they had the better chances that game? Yeah, they did have the better chances that game. I, I think they were the better team that game, honestly. Like, uh, and they they were playing without their best midfielder, and I think they're probably like their second most important player in Barathe. I think the most important thing was like if if Neymar and Mbappe just show up, they win that. Right, and game. Neymar had an absolute terrible game. Mbappe was missing sitters. It's like, and on top of that, they still I think kept it. A very tight and probably the better team slightly. So I think Tuchel, even though he's not won anything, you know, outside of outside of Paris, which is you know, it's easy to win in Paris. Um, there's that, but I just think he's managed the egos. He's been at bigger stages than Nagelsmann, and he has that same level of kind of like ideas. So I think you just have like an improved Nagelsmann in Thomas Tuchel. Okay. Uh, so that would. Yeah, that would be my. Who would be yours? I I would definitely say uh, Pochettino and Allegri. I think Nagelsmann would be insane. Like I think 
like that would honestly be reminiscent of when Chelsea went and got Jose Mourinho when he was like in his 30s or whatever. Like I think like that would be a huge, huge power move. Like I think I really like him. So for me, I would love to see that. But I'm not against the two. Like for me, there's I'm so like bored and like tired of Ole now at this point that like I really wouldn't be against too many men coming into the job. At the so same if time, came in tomorrow, I wouldn't be like crying over it. Right, but at the same time, like we need to be able to uphold this. It can't just be like he's better than Ole, right? Yeah, because that's not yeah I yeah that. that's not like. I mean, I do think Ole still is a decent manager, but it can't be. He's just better than Ole if you want to be. Um, to give credit of, to, to, to give credit to Tuchel as well, like Nagelsmann would be something that. He's such a manager of a specific mentality of how the game should be played. Whereas the likes of Pochettino, Allegri, and um, Tuchel can kind of come into a ready-made team and like just bring them up another level. I think under Nagelsmann, he's more of the Van Hal type, where like the whole structure of the way we play, the whole system we play, I feel like we'd have to bring in more players to fit Nagelsmann's style of play. Whereas with Tuchel, Pochettino, and Allegri, they're ready-made. They could come in and take this squad with a few more players and, and challenge. But even with Nagel, like Nagelsmann, a lot of people are like, I don't watch Leipzig on the weekly, but people have said that he's very flexible in how he goes about it. And he's not like that Pep Gordon. He, I mean, Pep is flexible, but he's not like, you don't don't expect like a Pep kind of manager. Like No, of course not. But I, like for me, like you need speed, you need intensity for Nagelsmann. And we don't have Right. Um, we have the speed. So. I mean, like speed in the back. Like he has guys like... Oh, Kuma, right, right. Kuma, like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think that's someone... Yeah, so I would be happy with Nagelsmann, but I think those are three, four top managers. Yeah, I'd be happy with Nagelsmann. we missed out on, after Sarah Ferguson, we missed out on like five of them. We can't miss out again. I agree. Uh, next question. Uh, Zion, the, the, the famous Leeds fan of football Twitter. Thoughts on Marcelo Bielsa, Showtime Whites, teaching you a lesson in December. Listen, man, like, I'm a fan of Leeds. Uh, I, I like the way you guys play. Um, I think it's sometimes too naive. And that, like, you guys go into games that you could, like, against Liverpool, for example, you guys could have just held on for a point and played, like, kamikaze football. But I'm a fan, and I think the way United is going right now, it could be a tough game. Uh, I mean, if we were playing tomorrow, it would be a tough game. But I you think by, hope then, by December, they get their shit. Yeah, together. I think by December, it's going to be a completely different United team. We'll see. So, right. yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about them, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Aziz. Should Man United be considering to sell Pogba next year after activating his option for a further year? I mean, I'm, I think we both know, like, they're definitely going to activate the option. Like, Is there, an, so wait, so they're going to activate the option, but then also sign him to an extension? Is that the plan? I don't know what the plan is anymore. I think I mean, before this window and before the start of the season, that was definitely the plan. I think he would have stayed. But I, I can't right. imagine that he's head over heels uh, obsessed with trying to get a new contract right now. Right, so... I mean, if he does an option, we'll definitely extend it because at the worst, that adds value to his price yeah, if he were to sell. Yeah. And, okay, I know, like, everyone just, you know, hates Pogba right now. But under no circumstances right now am I, in like, entertaining the thought of him being sold. People bring up good points that, you know, like, even if he is as good as he is and, you know, it's still just the team is just terrible you kind of have to, you know, go away from him just to get that new blood in, bring new face, you know, just in that kind of sense. But, like, people, the, the names I've been hearing again, like, this is like that Martial situation over again. 
the names I've been hearing for people's like um, replacements are like baffling to me. I know you said though, uh, Mikel you Marino. could get a guy like Hussam Awar in, to the team. Like, yeah, Pogba, okay. Like, you would take that. that if if we were if we were forced to sell Pogba, he wanted to leave. Yeah, I would bring in Hussam Awar, hundred percent, because at least that's a player that I know is talented enough. Like, like I don't want to bring in a no name like Basuma or something, you know. <laughs> Like, all, all due respect to him, come on, man. Like, Basuma, Mikel Marino, who, what are the other names I haven't seen? Like, you Rodrigo De Paul. Like, FM Twitter's killing like, people's brain cells, man. <laughs> like, there needs to be a standard. Like, Pogba, like, is still one of the best midfielders in the world. Like, he's not, he's not one, he's not two, but there's still, like, levels to this game. And... I, I'm sure there'll be more questions on the We can get more into him because he's the talk of the hour. But Hussam Awar is one name I would definitely entertain if we were not to get Pogba, if we were to sell him. Uh, next question from uh, I, I don't know this guy. I know like he goes by Vitoha. <laughs> is it Varinci? Is that his name? Yeah, it's Vitoha, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's the guy. But I don't know. I, I personally don't know his first name. What's the first main structural change that needs to be made for us to be good again? Um, for me, uh, like for, yeah. for me, uh, the only change that I can really see that catapults United back to that dominant stage is it's at the top, and it's with the Glazers, it's with Ed Woodward, but we know that's never gonna happen. So the next step is Ole, and yeah, I think our, I, I always say it. I think our squad is good enough, but I think the the management and the 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 higher ups are are holding back our football club very dearly. I think you skipped a step. What step did I skip? I think all we really need is a guy who is in charge of the football that activities. We need a sporting director, director of football, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we need football people at the top. Because the Glazers are whatever, right? Like it's it's almost like futile to you know go yeah. against them and demand them to be sold. But and you can, and you can call them out for taking money out of the club or you know whatever decisions they make. But this team, they, they still they still spent, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that we haven't spent. We've spent on trash. We've spent on players that we didn't need. Bad fits, bad managers, you know, extending contracts that we shouldn't have, you know, going from Sir Alex Ferguson to Moyes and then to LVG and then completely changing that to go to Mourinho. I think just bad football decisions have been made. And it's not something that, you know, new owners... I would just be more willing to chuck money at could change. Mm-hmm. So, and people always like to talk about Woodward and Judge and say like they're inept. And in the footballing sense, that might be true. Like they might, they might actually just be terrible. They probably are terrible. Negotiation rooms, decision making. But these guys are bankers, right? Yeah. They're good at making money, and they're very good at it. They're very good at it. So why not just let them do that full time, and let someone else? kind of take the reins of that operation. I mean, for me, the reason why that doesn't happen is pretty obvious. I think the Glazers and I think, yeah, I think the Glazers are kind of content where United are right now. Like, I think a director of football, a football head in there would demand more (laughs) when they saw the current conditions this club is run by. I don't think think so. I don't think a director of football would ask for 300 million a year or something. Like, you look at Liverpool, right? Liverpool people hate their own. FSG aren't exactly... You know, free. They they aren't exactly you know big spenders. No, but they have like 
football-related people at the top that help them make more informed decisions. And obviously, um, you know, older signings don't pan out, but they make good signings. Yeah. And they make good decisions. So I don't think you need to... Even if they don't work out. Like, we don't need to have city's owners and city's structure to be good. I just think we need to have football-related people at the top because we'll we'll, we'll throw money. I don't think the, the Glazers' problem isn't throwing money. It's about, you know, kind of being content or something and not throwing money when they need to but it's like i can't fault it because we look at we look at ole how much money have we spent under him not a lot almost 300 million like yeah. 300 million so like is is getting 300 mil not being backed i wouldn't say it's not being he backed been, he hasn't been back to the fucking cows but like he's been back He's been backed, but he's not been backed to who he wants. And I think that goes down to, you know, director of football helping make more informed decisions in terms of, you know, who you sign, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the big change. And I think we would be in a better situation in a whole without it, out of it. That's what I would say. All right. I, I think you, you put it pretty well. Uh, next question is from AJ. We have a lot of questions on Harry Maguire. I think this one kind of sums up the people's frustrations about him. Uh, why did United waste 80 million pounds on Harry Maguire when we could have bought three players for that price? <laughs> Go back to the summer that we signed Harry Maguire. Yeah. Who were, there were, what, four names that were potential center backs? Yeah, Matthias Delict. Delict? Okay. Delict would have been probably the best signing, all things considered. And he didn't want to come. That's he didn't want to come, and if he did come... He would have gone to Barcelona in a couple of years, right? That's his dream. Yeah. So I can't really fault him not for that. Okay. So it's whatever. The next was Kulabali. Kulabali, over 120 million. Like we would not have signed Bruno Fernandes if that was the case. Then we have Toby Alderweireld, who, to be fair, was my choice because he was cheap, and I didn't <laughs> think he was this washed. Yeah. Fair so, enough. so he left on the wire. Okay, and. Yes, 80 million is a lot. Yes, it's overpriced. Yes, being it in a one uh, in a lump sum is um, kind of you know kind of poor, especially in Hershey negotiations going forward. But I don't want to re- I don't want to do revisionism on him and say that he hasn't been good for us because that's not true. That isn't true. That's true. That's fair. Like for 80 million, obviously the expectations are a lot more. From, especially if you play for Manchester United. Expectations. Like, he hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imaginations. Yeah, he's I, think he's been, I think he's been very good. I think Honestly, at times yeah. he's been very good, but he hasn't been consistent enough. I think that's the problem. I think if you look at his season last year, there was that one dip of form around like November to Jan when he was pretty poor. I think around that time period. And then he fixed up and the rest of the season, he was, like we had one of the best defensive records in the 2020 calendar year in and of itself. Yep. So I think he was very good in that sense. And now he's back into a dip of form. If he was 40, 50 million, would people care? No, no. I don't think so. I really don't think people would give a shit if he was 40, 50 million. It's, it's, the, it's the price tag more than anything. For, for me, the issue with Maguire is that I think when you buy a player for 80 million, you're expecting, and I, I think Van Dyke has kind of ruined the market. Like right. that you, you, you spend big money on a center back like that, you expect now a Van Dyke return. Which isn't true. Whatever we want to say about Van Dyke, like he is a generational center back. Like he is, you don't get that every day in the market. And I think also when you spend that much money on a defender like that, you kind of expect him to be that guy who changes everything. And I think Maguire, 
we were talking about his mentality the other day. We were talking about like what kind of profile he is. I think he needs a dominant guy next to him, like a more aggressive guy, a guy that kind of like takes a hold of the entire back line and says, yo, get your shit together. And like, I, I just don't think that's his character. Like we're asking something, like he's not a leader like that. He needs someone more like aggressive, more assertive next to him. And I think Evra made a good point. Like when he said, oh, Gary Neville's always talking about, he needs a new partner. Maybe it's him. I think that's a fair criticism. Like maybe it is time we start pointing the finger more at him. And <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's fair. But I think until you get someone who's clearly better than Maguire next to him, like Maguire cannot be for me the better of the two center backs. I think you need someone better next to him. Right. I, I think there needs to be someone better next to him. But I do still think, at least in a complete sporting sense, like mentality and everything beside, he is a commanding center back. Because without Maguire, we look we have looked like trash, right? I mean, but I think that's I more had, due to the, the people that we had already. Like, I think that's like due to the people like Bai and Lindelof just not being good enough. Sure, but like, you still see like how we have defended, especially in our block and stuff. He wins all the, the duels in the air. He, 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 I would still say he is. A commanding center back but like i think right now skewing the view of how commanding we think he is like do you think a 21 year old upamakano is a more commanding center back right now i think that's a th- another thing i think upamakano is kind of like in that in that mcguire profile not obviously i think upamakano is a better center back but like i think like he's like also not that assertive guy like i think he, he marshals the Leipzig's back line, right? He is their main guy. But I think is Leipzig plays with like a back three, so that like it's right. not like Upa Meccano is like the only guy. Like like it's just like in general a really good unit. And maybe that's another thing with United too. I really don't think as a unit defensively we're that good. I I, I think like defensively like I, I keep bringing it up. Like I feel like we concede the same goal every single time. I really see. Like, we concede stupid goals, but recently we've been conceding like goals that have come due to bad defensive structure and that wasn't happening last year because i think last year the goals you were conceding were like they had taking in his own net or like yeah that's true i think though it's also due to us now playing more open i feel like right mcguire when he plays in like that deeper block like this is why like when people are always talking about like oh look at lewis dunk or look at tyrone things or look at this or that look at that like these guys are doing exactly what mcguire was doing at leicester because when you play in a back four that sits so deep all you have to do is just read the balls that come in and head the ball out. Like Maguire, literally, like Maguire would look world class in, in Brighton or in, in in Villa. And if you put Dunk at United, it would be the same exact problems. Oh, well, like, he wasn't playing in a deep block under Brendan Rodgers, was he? Mm, I don't know, man. Like I feel like last I, year, I just, I just think I, we don't have to play in a deep block. We don't have to play in a high line. It's just that like middle ground that United have usually always played in. Yeah, um, yeah, in a high line, you'll never see the best out of Maguire ever. Like, right, it's just like it's like high. throwing John Terry in the high line, right? Yeah. You're not gonna see the best John Terry. Yeah. You're not gonna see like you need to, you know, maximize these guys' strengths. Like it's whatever. It's not a perfect situation. You know, if it was down, to, if we had unlimited cash, we would have a center back pairing of like Kim Pembe and Van Dyke, right? Like yeah. Yeah. that's the that's the guy I would love to see. Like a Kim Pembe next to Maguire for me, like they would both hide each other's flaws perfectly right and I, I i but you look at that like commanding like that number one center back that was thiago silva for psg yeah and it's like do you think kimpembe can be that guy like that's what this year is going to show is, is it marquinhos is it kimpembe mm-hmm. like whereas thiago silva has been like a captain for club and country for years now yeah so i don't i, I do think i think the mcguire hate is over the top and it's easy to hate on him 
I still think he's a good center back. I still think he is one of the best in the league when we play to his strengths. But right now, it's just like he, that Greece incident for me has just finished him off for the time yeah. being. Yeah, mentally, he's. He, <laughs> he, he, like from the first game he played out, the Villa friendly, he wasn't looking good. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Marcus. Uh, he asks, "Who does Cavani? Where does Cavani rank in the league as a center forward?" Right at the top, no. <laughs> I mean, do you think he's better than Martial? I don't know what Cavani were getting. That's the that's, thing. That's also true. He hasn't played since the Dortmund game. And he wasn't Which, particularly good for PSG at that time. No, I mean, he was benching a Cardi at one point, so... Um, Take that what you will. Yeah, yeah, he was benching a Cardi, but like that Dortmund game, he was missing some sitters. So we don't know, but assume we get like 2018 Cavani or something like that. Yeah, we're looking at a top strike. I, th- I think that's a better striker than Martial. I mean, when you look at like the, the intangibles of like a number nine, you look at movement. Without a doubt, Cavani blows him out of water. Better than Marcio. like that's a, that's like he's one of the best in the world. At, in terms I, I think of, I think that's his best trait, his movement. Yeah, he's a, he's a fought like he sniffs out chances for fun. So we'll give him that. Uh, in terms of pressing, he will definitely give us a new like like I know pressing yeah, is like yeah. it's more about a team than an individual, but at least well, like work rate wise, yeah, yeah, work rate wise, like he doesn't like. In fact, like I'm not worried about his fitness when he comes back. Like, I'm sure like he'll come back. The, the only thing I'm worried about is he's been picking up a lot of muscle injuries recently. But like he's usually like a physically fit guy. Yeah, my my problem with the Cavani fit is that for all I've for as long as I've known Cavani, like I've been watching him since Napoli. Like I was a huge Napoli like enthusiast when they had Lovetsi, him and Hamsik. And like since then, he's always been a guy that like we said, like it's his movement is his number one strength, not his finishing. So like he. He thrives on like chances, on like balls into the box, through balls in. And my problem with United is like we don't create enough of those chances. I think with Alex Telesh now, uh, we do have a guy who will be putting the ball into the box in the air. Like Cavani will thrive off that. But I think Pogba, Pogba has to get back more into that that uh, rule of putting balls in behind. Like I think he'll finally have that guy who can like play that that ball he was playing into Zlatan in sixteen seventeen. Like I finally he finally has right. a guy like that where he can find the ball in behind. Where Martial is not the guy who's going to be sprinting in behind like that. So, in that yeah. regard, like yeah. But is he a better player than uh, Martial? Like, like I said, like United doesn't create that many chances. They rely on their forwards to create a lot of their chances individually. And Martial is one of the best in the business at doing that. So right, and he's a better finisher. Yeah. So it's like they both have like one half of the 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 puzzle, right? Like Martial, better finisher, can make things happen. By himself, whereas Cavani relies on kind of the team around him. And... But I do, I do think it's a good backup to have. It's a great backup to have. Uh, next question. Do you, I mean, do you think he's going to displace him? It depends. It depends on how Martial's form is, and it depends. While I don't know if Martial's, it depends on honestly if Martial's ban gets overturned or not. Because if it does, then I think Cavani will have his chance. Uh, from the start, like he'll get he'll get the opportunity to lead the line. We'll see what he's made of. Um, he'll definitely get his chances. Like you saw when Ole still believed in Igalo for a while, like he was coming off the bench quite regularly. I think it's only recently he gave up on him. So he'll get his chances. Will he? Re- uh, will he displace him? Uh, depends how many goals he scores. Really, like as obvious an answer. I'm kind of scared for Martial's future. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I think I've been scared for Marcel's future since the Holland links came out last year. Like, I think Ole was clearly interested in him. Like, 
I mean, it's one thing, like, in January, that's fine. Like, Martial wasn't probably at his best then. And then he's had, obviously, like, completely picked up after January. But the fact that Ole is always harping about, you know, I want a guy who would break his nose again and goal, and et cetera, et cetera, and how Holland is available next year, no matter what, given his release clause. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Ole, you know, tries to kind of force this Cavani thing for a while. Because this is the type of striker he's wanted. Yeah. So, that you're not wrong. I like Martial. Like this is an important stage in his career. He needs to build off what he did last year. Uh, Fr. He has kind of the same question. Chance of Martial being displaced. I think it really just depends on if Cavani takes his opportunities that he's undoubtedly going to get. Uh, this guy asks, will the Glazers ever sell? Personally, I don't think so. <laughs> like they make too much money for them to ever consider. I think, I think I think we're too big. Yeah, we're too big, and we generate too much money. Like, why would they ever sell? Like, I mean, they would they would make like an insane like couple billions if they did would, sell at any need, time. Like uh, a Qatari like trillionaire to come in and like make an offer they can't refuse. Otherwise, like, no. if if Jeff Bezos was interested, maybe like yeah. you, you need that kind of figure to come in or a country. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say next question uh, is from Rosario. He asks, "Has United's recent decline made it a less appealing option for the world's best players?" Um. I think yes and I mean, no. Like, there's some players that are dying to play for United. Like, last year showed it. Like, Dybala was not interested in coming to United. Like, even at the end, like, if he kind of, like, budged because, like, he saw his Juventus future up in the air, like, his heart was never really coming to, like, in coming to United. Meanwhile, there's players, I think, especially the British ones, like, they want to play for United. Like, they, they get the club. They get the history. Like, the, the appeal of being the guy to come into United and change the fortunes, like, I think is still appealing for some players. But um, it they definitely have declined in that regard. Like their main pull these days is money. I mean, is recent decline like the past couple of years or like what? Uh, it's, he says recent decline. So to be honest, like it's been declining for a while now. But I mean, because Sancho still wanted to come. Yeah, Sancho would have came. Like Sancho wanted to come. Um, obviously, I think Howland wanted to come. Um, Grealish, obviously English. I think he, he obviously he would have come. Yeah. Um, the appeal will always be there. That's yeah. the, I think the appeal will always be there to United. Money, fame, brand name. And again, I don't think the team is that bad. I think the team, again, is very close to being very good. Um, that, that's actually like, interesting you say that because the next question is saying, do you really think the squad is good enough for any manager better than Ole to get top four? And like, go ahead, uh, say what you think. 100%. I think Ole could get top four with this. I mean, he did get top four. He's done it already. He's done it already. He came third. Um, I don't like people like to say, "Oh, like the team's shit and everything." We have one of the best forward lines in the country, let alone the world. Like Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, Cavani's goals. Yeah, we have Bruno Fernandes and, uh, and Pogba that are amazing players. Pogba is like border, like is a world class player, and Bruno is you know borderline there. Like, we have good players all over the pitch. I really don't think the team is as, like, the start is indicative of the team and, you know, what it is going forward. So if you brought in a better manager, I, I don't see why this was not, like, a perennial top four team or one that challenges. Um, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I like the team for the first time in a long time. I actually really like some of the profiles we have. I, like 
it, it's a good young got attacking fired, team. Like I, when Mourinho got fired, um, I was personally, of course, like I knew Mourinho had to go, like his time was up. But also, I had the feeling too that his players were kind of letting him down at the same time. Like I think even Ole showed like with that with those players that he took over from Mourinho, like some of them weren't cut out for it, and like he showed that by cutting off Lukaku, Alexis, uh, Smalling, Dalo, the likes of those guys. But I like this team, and I think that they have potential. I think I've I've been talked to rivals fans like saying like, "Yo, you guys can't get Pochettino because if you do, you guys are a sleeping giant." So yeah, I do believe that we have. And that then potential. you have Van de Beek off the bench. Yeah. You have Cavani off the bench. You have this Triori kid. Like, if he's anything as to what people are making him out to be, that's like a you know, a, a club like future changing signing, right? Yeah. So. The team is good. It's not like this is 15, 16 United that uh, Rooney is taking over or yeah. he needs to make like four big signings like two years in a row or something. Mm-hmm. That's really why United fans also are so upset Like, because we know we have a good team and we're just a few pieces off. That's why United fans are we're so annoyed with this window. But the point, the thing is like how long have you been a few pieces off? That's true. That, I feel like every year, I feel like every year. So every year we say we just need two or three signings and we're like there. Yeah. So, to be fair, last year I knew we needed like six. Like I knew we didn't do enough. True. Last year, last year I was like very unhappy with because we didn't get an attacker. Yeah. Uh, next question. Or is midfielder. Asked, he asks uh, center back targets outside of Upamecano. I mean, it's tough. Like I think this window, Kunde. like we've already talked about it. Like there's not a great amount of. It's like the depth in the window for center backs wasn't great, and I think that's also a reason why United didn't go for anyone. Uh, for me, it's Kunde. Kunde's the number one. He looks good. I like him. I think he's a better fit than Ubumakana. He's very calm. I think, uh, like he, he, he has good recovery pace. Good, like I, I, I'm a fan. Because if um, Maguire, even when he, we were good defensively, he's always been a front foot guy, right? He's always been the yeah. guy that's going to... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Kunde is more of a relaxed figure. More mm-hmm. of a kind of... Um, you know, I'll let the play develop and then attack when I need to, rather yeah. than step in and let the space be in behind. I think that's a good foil to Maguire. I think Upamakano is another front foot. Like Kunde and Upamakano would be a good partnership. Yeah, really. I don't good. know if I don't know if Upamakano and Maguire would be a great partnership, or as good as uh, Maguire and Kunde would be. Uh, we're not selling Maguire anytime soon. Nah, they're definitely not. <laughs> we're stuck with that guy for a while. I mean, so who would you say? I mean, I think the, the dream would be Kempembe, right? Of course. I think Kimpembe is like tailor made for left back. I mean left footed. Um yeah. great on the ball. But yeah, I think Kunde would be my number one choice. Uh next up is Marcos, um, Arsenal fan. Thoughts on the new signings and how they may or may not benefit the club. Um I think for the mo- like I I've already been on the record as saying like I love the Tele signing. Like I'm really excited to see him. Because like I feel like it's been so long that we have like a, a fullback in general. Like we've we've, we've had a year of one Bisaka. I feel like I'm, I've been stuck with this guy for like four years. Like <laughs> it's aged me. But uh, I'm excited to see a fullback again who who's, who's uh, happy to get forward. Like even the Marcos Alonso like comparisons that people keep making. Like at least Alonso could cross a ball. Like I haven't seen a, a fullback cross a ball well in so fucking long. So I'm happy to see him. Uh, Van de Beek. I wish we'd give him more minutes because every time he's appeared, like he kind of gives us a, a new dimension that the squad's been lacking for a while. Yeah, and Cavani. Like, what more can you say? Like, even at his age, like, it's, it's an exciting signing. I honestly do not hate our window. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't hate our window at all. I just wish there was more. I mean, 
if I'm honest, I think it's better than last summer. Definitely. Um, because I think we, I th- people say we didn't address issues in the squad. And it's true we didn't address, um, you know, the glaring issue at right wing, at least for a starter. Um, and then center back and defensive midfielder, just an upgrade there. But we have better attacking options. Our midfield is more is strengthened. We have better profiles off the bench. We have left back cover. Um, for me, it's just it's, it's down to all in the players now. I think I think he has gotten good players. Maybe not the ones he wanted, but I do think the squad is still good enough that a good manager can do well with it. And I think Ole needs to show that he can do well with it. Uh, next question. Don't you think the midf- the glaring positions that need to be filled mask how lopsided our midfield is? Cultural reboot seems to have set us back. Thoughts? Uh, I think it's a good question. Um, I think uh, t- the Pogba-Bruno the Mid- midfield, midfield. What's up? The midfield is the midfield is an interesting quandary. It, it is because on paper, that midfield looks terrific. Like, of course, we'd rather have a, a, a better defensive midfielder. But on, on paper... If you see Pogba and Bruno as an opposition coach, like that's gonna f- strike fear into your heart. But I think we're we're completely misusing it, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I like all those three midfielders. Like Matic, I kind of oscillate between because you know he's either really shit or really good. Like it goes through like those kind of forms. He's an oscillating player. Yeah. Yeah. So with the midfield, I think what we're doing right now. Is kind of minimizing each of the midfielders and their qualities. Uh-huh. Um, but I think going forward, we need McTominay or Fred to play in to play to play in place of Matic, no matter what. Just because that midfield right now is not it, it's not working hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Like Pogba, even at his best, he's not going to be like. Pogba his best covers a lot of ground. He he's you know box to box. He does he does the thing. But right now he's not his best. He's nowhere near it. Fitness, whatever, blah 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 blah. Like he needs, but he's the only guy in our team that can pick out passes that nobody else can. He's a better passer than Bruno. He's a better passer than Fred. And he's the only he and a lot of people want him to be benched for Fred or Van de Beek. Yeah. But I don't think that's the right move because those. Van de Beek especially should be playing higher up than he should be playing deep. Mm-hmm. So like if you were to have a midfield of Bruno and Van de Beek, then Van de Beek needs to be higher than Bruno. Because he should be the one receiving the ball and then you know kind of making things happen in the final third. Yeah. Um, and with Fred, it's just kind of I'm I'm over Fred then. Like Fred's good, but like he's he's not that's like, like that's it. Like he's he plays at one tempo only. Like he's with Pogba, I don't like, care what anyone says, man. I would have moved on from him this summer. Oh, dude, bro. When I when I said we should have sold Fred to sign Thiago, people were actually against it. Bro, mad. I saw in the group like we. Okay, not everyone in this uh, listening to this knows about a group chat, but like we have a group chat with a lot of United fans. So many were against. Like, I remember when I said uh, I can't remember what cup game it was. I think it was against uh, Luton, where I was like, "Yo, I'm over Fred. Like, we should cut our losses on him." We're saying, oh, uh, he's so much better than McTominay. How can you say that? And like, it's not a question about being better than McTominay. Like, it's like yeah, McTominay yeah. has no value in the market. First of all, like, we put him on the market. How much are we getting for him? Like, Fred is one of our more valuable players, or at least he was before. Like, who knows how much like we'll get from him next summer? I think we could have got like a decent twenty-five million uh, in the range of that uh, package for him, and like go and get a player you need more because like he just doesn't 
fit. Like he doesn't have any, he doesn't solve any needs that we have for us. Bro, the thing is, <laughs> bro, we bought it for 50 million. That, like that's an insane amount. Like people like, are talking about, oh, like he, he's not the worst. Okay, yeah, but we didn't. The worst that we bought didn't cost fifty million. Like if and like you know, you brought up Matt. Uh, you brought up McTominay, right? Yeah. Like I think the midfield is all about having different profiles. Mm-hmm. Bruno is that like, final third creator. Van de Beek is like another like, kind of like that final third creator, but he's more off ball. Yeah. Pogba is kind of like your like he's the main piece in the midfield, makes everything happen. Uh, Matic is your anchor. McTominay is the guy with the legs. He's the guy that, you know, you bring on to close games out. You bring on when you need to, you know, uh, rough things up. Mm-hmm. Where, where does Fred fit into that? Nowhere. Like, that's why I want him gone for Thiago. And it's not because I don't like Fred. It's just that I think he doesn't add any value to the squad. And he definitely is a, a downgrade on what Thiago is. So that was for me. But, like, when we go back to the midfield, you're seeing a bad Pogba. And you know a very stale midfield is because the way we're playing right now. I've said like, that for time. Yeah. Like, like I know, like Pogba, Pogba has thrived deep. Like we've seen in France, we saw in his first year at United. But, like, he but can, also he thrives deep when he has support back there with him. He has support back there with him, but like, I, it's not a question of like Pogba can play well in any position. I don't think it's a thing that like, oh, if he plays in a you know a three in the left center, like in midfield, yeah. or if he yeah. plays as a ten, or if he plays as a six or an eight, or blah blah. You can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. He has qualities that he can he can play well in any position, but like, you know, collecting the ball off the center backs, um, you know, playing slowly, you know, it it just restricts him, makes him look worse. And when he's already playing bad as is, it just makes it look worse, even worse. That's so what like, that's why I always say with Pogba. Like whenever I say positioning, and people are like, "Oh, you don't," and no one knows his best position. It's not position; it's positioning. It's where what's where he's placed. So like there was a right. point, especially last season. I think this season his role has kind of changed even worse, to be honest. But Last year, there was a point where Ole would play Matic basically as like a third center back, collecting the ball off them. Bruno would be basically another forward, like closer to Martial than he is to Pogba. And then you'd have Pogba isolated completely in the middle of the pitch. And it's so easy to just have two guys on him at all times. Already, he's not the best at turning with his back to goal or while facing his own goal. He's not the best at that. And we were basically just like nullifying him out of games. This year, I feel like it's even worse. Like we're we're making him play way too deep. I already mentioned, like, for me, like, one of his biggest flaws is, like, collecting like uh, collecting the ball of someone directly on him. Like, sometimes he'll turn him, sometimes he'll turn it away, I'll turn it over. So, yeah, like, I just don't think we're positioning our players in the best uh, places for them to be successful. I don't think right, so. Like, he's trying to build up in, like, a 3-2-5, where, yeah. like, that's how we try to attack teams. But it becomes, like, a, like, Bruno's positioning is not in line with Pogba, and then you kind of have that disconnect. And I remember the Southampton game, right? Like, Bruno was way too high up. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, no midfield. One top would get the ball. And the one time Bruno dropped, we scored. Like, yeah. it's just, like, little things positioning-wise. Like, obviously, he has to be better. Like, he needs to play better no matter what. But, like, when you don't put your players in positions to succeed, this is what happens. Like, Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood, what have, what have they done these first three games? Nothing. Like, uh, Rashford had his goal. That was a good goal. But, like, they're not, like, I want to spend some time at the end of this, but, like, they're not putting their players, in, we're not putting our players in positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. And we're not playing to their strengths. And it's just such simple stuff like this. We're trying to play like a team we're not, you know. Bro, you're, you're, you're preaching what I've been saying for, for time. I agree with literally everything you're saying. Like, 
like we do, we do not get the best out of our weapons at all yeah so it's just like and that's what and then you like you see pogba play like this you see mackage play like this you see bruno play like this and you're like you know these players are better than this like they've shown they're better than this under the same manager it's just like the system we're playing right now is not suited to them and it's just a complete mess yeah, I think you said it pretty well. But like for, for the midfield, I would drop Matic for a little bit just for extra legs until players are back playing like you know with fire. Uh, next question kind of coincides with that. You said uh, Mal asks, "What's the best eleven for PSG away?" And um, do you want to give yours? First of all, hold on. I want to combine this with another question because the next question is also asking from Zetterugul. Yes, how to manage the Haya and Henderson yeah. rotation? So I think. I think it makes more sense to play De Gea in the Champions League, no? I mean, yes, because I think like he's more experienced in that competition. Like he knows more. But that sets a precedent. That sounds. But um, I think it's already too late because I think De Gea has been playing in the Premier League. Like I would imagine Ole is playing yeah. playing Henderson in the Champions League. Right, because it's, it sets a precedent that if De Gea plays in the Champions League and Henderson plays in the Premier League, then that's how it's going to be for the rest of the season. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense to me for. Hendo to play in the Champions League, even though it, he's not as experienced. Yeah. So, how would you line up starting eleven? Say you don't have Martial. So. Uh, all right. So PSG usually play in a four-two-four, like a four-two-two-two. Yeah. So it's either you pack the midfields and win the superiority. We're not. We're not going to win possession though against them. No. Right. I think he's going to go back to his tried and trusted three-four-one-two. Okay. In those like kind of big games, so I see, I see Lindelof, Maguire. Uh, I see Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw as a back three. Yeah. Um, I see Telesh and AVB as like wing backs. Yeah. I see McTominay and Pogba in midfield. Okay. I think you have to play Van de Beek against PSG. Yeah, I think I think Van de I think Van de Beek, but then it you say that, but then I think Van de Beek has to play against Newcastle. Yeah, Van de Beek has to play next week, like hundred percent. There, I agree with that he has to be in with Martial. Oh, like so. Yeah, I think maybe he starts back to back games. I would I would say Van de Beek. As like the ten, and then I would say a forward two of Rashford and Martial, or Rashford and Cavani, mm-hmm. and then for Newcastle, I think we'll stick to a four. I mean, unless he goes to like a four three three, but like, again, it all, all, all those like those formations are useless because it all goes back down to one thing, right? Like yeah. positioning players in certain scenarios all matters more than setting up in a four three three, four two three, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll be De Gea. Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, uh, Luke Shaw. Um, I think he'll play. I think he'll play a four-three-one-two, like that kind of like what he what he played when he first came into the job. And I think it'll be a midfield of Pogba, Bruno, Matic, probably Van de, Van de Beek as like a ten false nine. And then Greenwood and Rashford splitting um, at, at the top two. 
right. I could see I could see Friday instead of Masters Thursday. I I mean like I, I don't know if Vanderbeek will start both games given that all the other games we have. I I, I agree with you. I think Vanderbeek will definitely play against Newcastle. He has to. I think like yeah, I think he has to. Um, next question is from Tawson. Uh, he kind of, it kind of comes at you here, bro. He said, "Redwick's still trying to say Maguire is a top seven center back in the world." Bro, people have dips. He's good. He'll be back. Tawson, then I think I think you won. Now, nah, bro, bro, you see who Tawson reps? <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> uh, don't. Uh... Tawson's repping Danilo Pereira these days. Bro, he's been hyping Rafinha. <laughs> that brother's starving. Uh, next question he also has, he says, um, does Pogba have a future in a successful United side? I think we both agree with yes. A hundred percent. Like, we can, tro- we can, like, we can joke and troll that blah, 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 but, like, it's, he's, he's world-class when he's on it. And I think we, it's, it's, it's tiring to say, you know, unlocking Pogba, getting the best out of him, but, like, I won't, like, you can't give up on this. Uh, final question he has is, who's the biggest false image on United? There's a few, man. Um, who's the biggest false awesome image? Yeah, th- those were his three questions. Who's the biggest uh, false image on United? False image. I think it's Fred. I think it's Fred. I think people look Jesus, at Fred. Does he have an image? All he does, but like he, Fred, like does a ton of shit without doing anything at the same time. I think it's Juan Bissaka, bro. Fact, yo, Juan Bissaka actually might be the biggest false image. At United. I think. I think people are waking up now, but. In general, like there's still a stigma that he is like this amazing defensive center, uh, right back. I think he's he an amazing recovery defender. That's what he is. He's a good one v one defender. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't read. He doesn't read crosses into the box well. He doesn't head nope. the ball particularly. Yeah, I, you're probably right. You probably. I would say him or Fred are, are the biggest false images. Because everyone says that you know, like Trent is the best offensive right back and Juan Bissaka is the best defensive right back. I think the best defensive right back is Walker. Yeah, thanks. I think the best defensive right back is Walker because this guy literally, on other than doing one v one defending, does not defend. Like that man is not defending. He's never in the right area either. He and even when he is recovering, he's like jogging back. Um, he's out of position. Uh, back post heading is just terrible. Don't even get yeah, me started. He, he's really bad at heading. The ball. That that Sevilla, the first goal we scored, he just let Regulon go past him and didn't let anything happen. Like. It's different as a midfielder, but if when you're right back who's touted for defensive uh, prowess is doing that, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, Shakur, he asks, uh, you know, United's main issue, like if you fix this, you fire Ole, you get at least 20% better. That's my, that's for me, like the biggest issue at United. Um, if we pick up the intensity, the biggest thing. Yeah, I, that's fair. Intensity is a huge thing. I mean, it could be Ole, it could be Pochettino, it could be anyone. They just have to play. Play with more intensity. Matic being a starter, we kind of covered that. Like, yeah. he's kind of he's the best we have, and also like his bad games possibly are worse than McTominay's. Yeah, he. I think uh, is that really all we had? Um, yeah, for the most part, like that's kind of. Like yeah, and like, got. I want to, I want to touch about the system. It's kind of this is long. But I'm gonna to touch about the system in more in depth, because okay, I've been watching uh, old uh, United games like from 2008, mm-hmm. and then I watched uh, I watched Pochettino. I watched Pochettino Spurs against City just last night with the four yeah. one win. They intensity aside, they actually like 
did not stick to suicidal methods, which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. If I, when I was watching United play, we were literally, our main objective of our midfielders was just to get the ball to the forwards. No, no matter what, even if it's not to them, you hit the ball long, you hit it in the channels, because if they get to it, that's great, they're away. If not, everyone on the team has enough intensity to win the second ball, and then you're in transition. Um, we did not commit numbers like that. Like, if someone from midfield bombed up, either someone would drop back, the fullback would stay back. There's always enough defensive cover. Um, same with Pochettino. Kyle Walker in that City game barely went up. Davies was going up and down, but like Kyle Walker usually stayed back. There's like discipline in the midfield. Um, Pochettino's teams like to go from the back, but they when City pressed them, they would just go up long, um, win the second ball. It's just small stuff like this that they did. And I, for the life of me, I don't understand why uh, is not doing it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, got, I, I kind of it feel is. like washed of United these days, man. Like that, I'm like losing energy for them. Like I, I just can't. I can't wait till we till we get a guy with new ideas in. Because like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch every game, but like it's becoming a chore watching like them play the same way every single game. Like slow like build for- ups. For me, it's still salvageable. Like, all Ole needs to do is stick back to him like a mid block. Yeah. You know, keep Maguire in a state where he's not, you know, if he steps up, he's not getting exposed. Because last year, how many times did he really get exposed for pace? Bergvine, that was one. But like, Vardy never killed us. No. Traore, did he? I don't think Traore ever killed us. No. Liverpool, I don't think they ever, like, really, you know, got behind until. The big teams, we play pretty deep. So it's, it's kind of tough for. Like, exactly. Guess, so, like, we played so deep, like, there was no one that was going to skin us. But, like, even against Spurs at home, I mean, Spurs away when we played them, we didn't, we didn't sit back. That's true. We got skinned once, and that was, like, poor from both center backs. But other than that, did we ever get skinned? No. They didn't even look, they didn't even look threatening at any point. I think, I think it all gets solved if we play a lot. Like, if we win the ball just that much quicker, then it doesn't even have to get to Maguire, like, having to, to be a battle of pace. Like, if we win the ball higher up the pitch, and they don't have the chance to skin us every single time. And that's the problem. Like, our, We're one of the worst pressing teams in the league. Bro, we press like maniacs. Like, One guy will press, but then leave like his guy wide open, and no which one will like... Which isn't pressing. Like, you don't, you, If anything, it just makes it easier for the other team. Because if, you, if one person is pressing, and the rest of the team isn't, then there's just spaces being opened up. Because the guy he just left is now open. Right, and someone else should be pressing that guy then. And, like, yeah, what, makes, what makes the uh, Jurgen Klopp's tactics so so effective is that it's all like a unit like you it's, it's the same thing with city it's the same thing with those spain teams the barcelona teams like they press like wasps like it's not just one it's a wave like it's almost like watching like the you can almost like see the tactics when the team presses because one guy goes here the other guy knows to go there another guy like they just lock you in and with us it's just like okay it's like a little like mosquito in your ear like okay i'll just like pass it to the guy you just left open and then it's easy to get out right and like if you are going to push you know your three forwards up you want Pogba yeah. up, you want Bruno up, then you need to have McCalmany because he has the ability, the athleticism to stop counters. And one Bissaka and the left back also cannot go up. One needs to stay back. There needs to be yeah. at least like four guys back at all times because otherwise we're just going to get ripped on transition, which we never happened before. And if you do want your fullbacks pushing up, then it has to be one of Pogba and one of Bruno going up. It can't be both. Yeah. Like... I was seeing that in the Spurs game the entire time. Like 
they were um, calculated in how they attacked. You know, um, they knew, you know, if I push this guy up, this guy will stay back. And I think that's why we should kind of stick Bruno more to the right, stick Pogba more to the left. And depending on the nature of the attack, one of them goes forward rather than, you know, both of them bombing up. I'm with you. It's just compromises here and there. Like, it's, it's, I think it's just small tweaks like that. Play with more intensity, fix the defensive structure, which I know he can do because we did it. And, um, yeah, and just get the ball to your forwards. Because that's the jewel of our team, the forwards. Yeah. You don't see Liverpool passing it around the midfield and then waiting to isolate Mane and Salah against 1v3. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, bro, I feel, I feel like we went a long time. I mean, I guess there was a lot to unravel, no? That's true. That is true. It's just... Not, this is definitely one of our better podcasts, too. I think we, I think we really touched a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, it was good. There, some good games tonight, though. I probably won't be watching I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see how Pogba and Bruno look. They're playing against each other? No, they're, uh, Portugal are playing Spain and France are playing uh, Ukraine, I think. Oh, shit. I just want to see it. Damn. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought France and Portugal were in the same group. Oh, that, no, they are. They're... France, Spain could be... Wait, was it France, Ukraine or France, Spain? France, Ukraine, Portugal, Spain. Portugal, Spain could be a really good game. France are playing uh, Portugal on Sunday. Gotcha. Oh, that'll that that's a game I want to tune in. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's like potential Euro final. But uh, uh, I'm just, anyways, I just want to see how they play. I, no, for me, like Portugal, like I, I've always been about like this era of players. I really like them. Yeah, but I mean, if if Pogba and Bruno are balling today, then serious questions need to be asked. No doubt. If they stink, then other questions need to be asked. <laughs> anyways, man, uh, thank you guys again for all your questions. Like uh, some really good ones today. Uh, the mood has kind of been down this podcast uh, it's a tough time to be a United fan but uh, we'll keep coming at you guys with more content as usual if anyone wants to come on feel free to uh, we have some interesting guests coming up in the future uh, I'll disclose that at a, at a later date but um, yeah uh, until next time this has been another episode of Whole Lot of Mid we'll see you when we see you I'll turn this off yeah was that like two hours and over. <laughs> there's way, there's, way, there's way good sound bites. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm about to go to the gym with Byron right now, though. Oh, he's back? Yeah, he's back because today's his birthday. Yeah. We'll see.